0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So brothers and sisters, what I just chanted, um, rather imperfectly, you may have heard little overtones, at least, I hope you have, if you've been to the Easter Vigil. uh, It's the same tone that's used at the exalted during the Easter Vigil, which is that long prayer at the beginning of the Easter vigil that we sing honoring uh, the Paschal candle. And what I just prayed, what we just prayed, proclaimed, uh, was the proclamation of the movable feasts of the year, which is a long-standing tradition in the Roman church that on this day, on the epiphany of the Lord, we proclaim to the world the dates that we're going to celebrate the rest of the feasts of the year. So it's kind of an a interesting tradition there, but I think it has a great significance for us on this Epiphany Day. You know, when we bless the Paschal candle on Easter Vigil, we say that all times and seasons belong to him. It's been that way for a long time. All the ages belong to him. Brothers and sisters, I'm struck by that word epiphany. Epiphany, um, it means revelation, right? You think of a light revealed to the Gentiles. It's kind of over and over again in the prayers today, we talk about the light. We talk about how that light was revealed to the Gentiles. When we call something an epiphany. If you think about how you use that word just in your everyday life, when something is revealed to us that changes the way we see the world. It's not just about one thing. It's not just a fact. But it's something that impacts the way everything else appears. That's what a moment of an epiphany is. We can say about an epiphany that there's a before and an after. I saw the world this way, and now I see it this way. Now sometimes that kind of epiphany it hits us without any preparation on our part right the story of the shepherds who come to visit the infant Jesus in the manger of Bethlehem they they kind of demonstrate that right? uh, and all of a sudden basically is the phrasing in Luke's gospel and all of a sudden in heavens in the heavens there appeared a host of angels Proclaiming glory to God in the highest, and peace to people of goodwill, to men of goodwill. That's the angels just appeared to the shepherds. They didn't do much, but more often, brothers and sisters, and I think this is true to our human experience, and I think it's true also in our spiritual life. More often, those revelations they come that instant of recognition where everything fits together, it comes after a a time of preparation. For example, um, when you and I were learning math in school, you can think about whether that's a terrible memory or a a good memory, right there. You try really hard to understand that A squared plus B squared equals C squared, or that you know, that the interior angles of two sets of parallel lines that intersect add up to 180 degrees, or, or whatever it would be. Pick your worst theorem. And you try really hard over over again, and you don't get it, and you don't get it. Maybe you make some progress, but then all of a sudden there's a teacher, or a parent, or someone. Someone shows you why, and then it's all clear. Right? There's, it's just like necessarily true. Or you can take another example from history or science. You know, when we study those things in school, often we have to memorize facts. Right? The Declaration of Independence was signed on July 2nd or July 4th, depending on who you ask, of 1776. We can talk about that later. But, you know, in that time, you have to memorize that fact. But, and then there's like all these other facts that go along with that. But it's not until you have someone who sits down and says, did you know that there were these 13 colonies and there was there was this and there was that? And it gives you the whole context, the whole narrative of what was going on at the time. So you can see how the facts fit into the story that you have that moment of recognition of why that date was so important for you to learn. Brothers and sisters, we could go on and on with these examples in our our life, You know, you could think about sports. You could think about your job. You could think about uh, any number of things. But revelations like that are what the wise men teach us about. Why? Because the wise men do four really important things. First of all, they seek. Imagine, brothers and sisters, if the wise men had not had their eyes open. If they hadn't looked up and seen a star. The wise men are not idle. They're not, um, they're not just sitting around doing nothing. They're not, now remember, the wise men, the Magi from the East, they're not Jews. They're Gentiles. But they're seeking the revelation of God. Brothers and sisters, how much more should you and I as Christians be seeking the revelation of God? Because we know that each and every moment of each and every day, God is seeking to reveal himself to us. Their pursuit, the king's pursuit, the wise men from the east pursuit, uh, to the king is guided by a star. They were looking for a sign. What are the signs in your life, brothers, brother or sister? What are the signs in your life of God's love for you? Do you pay attention to them? Do you look for them? Do you have your eyes open? You know, I remember this one time I was on retreat and I was walking through a garden. And you know, you walk through a garden all the time. I mean, you just walk through a garden, you don't even pay attention. There's some truth to that old aphorism, stop and smell the roses, right? But there's a deeper level than just a a natural human experience there. I remember seeing these flowers and going, oh my gosh. From all eternity in his providence, God decided that those flowers would be there at that time, at that moment, so that I could see them. I mean that's what we believe brothers and sisters. God is seeking to reveal his love to you. Seek those signs out in your life. And when you seek, you will find brothers and sisters. That's the next thing that the wise men do. They find. They find the infant lying in the manger because God wants them to. Because God is seeking them out first. It's possible to miss the revelation of God's love in your life or to ignore it. That's called sin. If you're not looking for it, you won't find it. But if you look for it, you will find it. And when they find him, they worship. The wise men seeking, they find, and then when they find him, they worship him. They honor Him with their very selves, first and foremost. They fall prostrate before the infant, and then they open their gifts. They give everything that they are and everything that they have. And that worship, brothers and sisters, that worship changes them. You notice that last line in the Gospel, I think it's one of the best reminders to us about Christ's power. It says that they departed for their country by another way. They were warned not to return to Herod, and so they went to their country by another way. Brothers and sisters, there's, only, there's no one who meets Christ in the Gospels and goes away unchanged. There's only two reactions. Either they love him, and they want to follow him, or they hate him, and they want to destroy him. It's the same for you and I, brothers and sisters. When we encounter Christ here today, when you encounter Christ in your homes, you will not go away changed. You will either grow in love for him by worshiping him, or you will lose your love for him. Give him everything, right? and he will change your life. And when you depart by another way, brothers and sisters, think of what the Magi did, what they must have done. They went back to their home, and surely they were not silent about what they had just seen. You don't prostrate yourself before someone you think is a God and then stay silent about it. When we leave this Mass tonight, we should be changed. And that should be evident to everyone whom we meet. Every person that we come in contact with is a person in need of the love of Christ. So, the wise men, they show us to show Christ to others. They seek, they find, they worship, and then they show. The last words that I'll say to you that are part of the Mass before the last Gospel are Ite Misa est. Means go, she is sent. The she is the church. That's you. You are sent. To go show him, you are meant to be a star, through wit, a star by which other people can be guided to Christ. God in His providence wishes that you would lead others to worship the infant in the manger at Bethlehem. So, brothers and sisters, seeking you will find, finding you will worship. And worshiping, you will be transformed that you may show Christ to all. On whom does God call you to shine? Whose life needs to be illuminated? Go. Proclaim the good news that Christ is born for us in Bethlehem.